0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 101 of FB's Podcast, and we're glad to be back. We're back! Yes, finally. Happy Pie Day to anyone that celebrates Pie Day. Eat some pie! Eat a lot of pie, please. Pie for me. Yeah, and for me too. Eat and with me. Cool Whip, because Jamie didn't get any this time. Or ice cream. Cool Whip. Ice cream. Cool Whip. Anyways. For this episode, we welcome Emily Vere Nickel. She's very well known for her role in Black Museum. Um, the last episode of his latest season of Black Mirror. And she's also been in Chicago Med recently, where she plays a really concerned mother, and she has a really good concerned face,
1: right, Jamie? That's right, man. That concerned face is on point.
0: Yeah, it's like one of, it's like the best concerned face I've ever seen.
1: Like you should take note of that concerned face. Like if
0: she was concerned about me with that concerned face, I'd feel like really, really cared for. You so, yeah. So, shout out to Emily. Thank you for being on our. Podcast. Um, she's really awesome. You guys are going to enjoy this interview. We enjoy talking to her, and if we could have talked to her for like an hour or more, it would have been great. So come back anytime, please, Emily, because you know we love talking to you, and you can add a whole bunch of like cool stuff <laughs> about behind the scenes acting world stuff to our podcast. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But she's like really like a beam of light, man. Positivity, just. Don't, don't tell him everything. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I love you, Emily. No. <laughs> Yeah, um, this episode is brought to you by uh, Battleground Games and Comics in Dalton, Georgia off of Airport Road. Um, They are an amazing, great, it's like very cool comic book store, but has movies and video games and arcade games and board games, card games. It's definitely like a nerd haven. Yeah, so shout out to Michael and Jason um, for helping us out, helping us sponsor this podcast and everyone else who hangs out at Battlegrounds. They have some really cool people to hang out there too. Um, So... Without further duration, Emily Vera How's your week been? Pretty busy?
2: It's been really busy, actually. Um, And it's been wonderful. Ever since I got back from my travels for the holidays, I've just sort of come back to New York City and hit the ground running. And it's been nonstop ever since. It's been great. It's been really great.
0: Can you, like, share anything with us that you've been working on? Or it's, like, all hush-hush right now?
2: Yeah, actually. So so now is kind of when pilot season is happening. And... um, I had a big, huge self tape audition to do uh, last week, which was really fun to work on. Um, and I can't tell you what it was that it was for <laughs> or what it was for, but <sighs> no. it was super exciting. Really um, nice. Yeah, okay. and I could probably tell you that it's for Netflix. Um, okay. But that's about it. And uh, it was just—it was just a really wonderful piece to work on. Um, it took. I think it was like four scenes and a major reversal flip for the character, which was really exciting. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing a workshop with Adrienne Weiss, who is a director and film director here in New York City. And she's also a teacher at uh, Columbia University. And she great. was doing a directing actors workshop. And so I had auditioned for it. And she's basically teaching all these directors how to interact with and work with actors. And I was was selected for two scenes. So I did two scenes and then I had all these rehearsals and things building up to the presentation. So that's what I was doing last week. Um, And then this week, just like reconnecting with people from the holiday break and getting back into my writing work and all of that. So it's... uh, you know, sort of like kickstarting the year is right. um, what I've been focusing on. It's
0: pretty awesome you do writing, too. I didn't even know that.
2: I am a writer as well. I know. I'm a little bit of a Jane of all trades. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I am writing a short film that I'm hoping to produce later this year and eventually turn into a feature film, and it's about uh, the opioid addiction crisis in oh. America. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a little bit. Kind of, it's what I'm what I'm hoping it's going to be like is the movie Crash, okay, and Wind River. If you saw that recently this year, I haven't seen that one yet, but I haven't okay. seen Crash though yet. Yeah. And also, it was. In, I actually left the movie uh, the the Florida Project, mm-hmm. and that's what inspired me to write this piece oh
0: nice so, I was just gonna yeah ask that. <laughs> yeah answer my question yeah
2: <laughs> have you seen have you seen the florida project
0: uh no i haven't seen that or the other one you mentioned these are like movies that just kind of go over my head i guess because sure, i'm just so used sure. to like blockbusters yeah they're know? a little
2: they're a little bit more <laughs> indie yeah um and that's kind of more my taste as far as when i'm creating right if i'm writing something that's kind of more the realm that i that i'm in um rather than Blockbuster
0: yeah i mean so. i like a lot of indie stuff too just like they don't have like a lot of marketing for them so like commercials just always will get like totally. infinity wars coming out and you know, stuff like that you, you know? just kind of have
3: to hear about them word of mouth a lot of times yeah. and like we're doing now and then we'll go check them out and then suggest yeah. them to our friends and then right exactly out.
0: yeah I, I usually just catch them on like a streaming service which is really helpful exactly yeah
2: that that is really helpful when they when they go to itunes or amazon or yeah or netflix um Mm -hmm. but i actually i seek them out by going to little like independent film houses um like sunshine cinemas and angelica uh film center in new york city and i'll and i'll like look up and watch the trailers and then see what i'm interested in and, and go and see them Oh, did you of hot? course with a movie pass. Oh yeah, <laughs> did, movie tell pass. Me, tell,
0: yeah. tell me that's not like the greatest thing ever, right? Like ten oh, it's bucks. Fantastic. Oh yeah. It's
2: fantastic. It's it makes life so much easier. <laughs> I used to, like, amazing. Take word um have you seen End
0: of the Effing World on Netflix? Y- you can curse by the way on this podcast if you want to.
2: Oh great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking good. <laughs> What was it called?
0: <laughs> um, End of the Fucking World on Netflix. It's really good. It's like a short limited series, but it's like has like an indie vibe to it. I think somebody. No, you probably I like,
2: haven't seen that. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, you should check End of the it out. Fucking World. Yeah, and
0: they're like twenty minute episodes, <laughs> so it's not like gonna take up all of your time.
3: And ironically, it stars a character or an actor from another Black or Black Mirror episode. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah, he's oh. In, cool. Um,
2: Which actor?
3: I don't know his name, but. Uh, well,
0: let me look it up real quick. So, oh, Emily, you're from London originally, right? No, you're I'm not, not Oh, okay.
2: I... <laughs> oh um, I'm from Virginia, originally. From Virginia. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's where I grew up. I grew up on a farm. Did you really? And oh. I did, I did. So I grew up, <laughs> and my mom and dad were dairy farmers, and oh, wow. that's awesome. we milked cows. And then actually, before I got older we switched over and we had sheep. And so I sort of grew up raising, bottle feeding lambs. Um, That's really cute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my family is actually of English descent. So we have a ton of family still in England. And my mom emigrated when she was six years old to Pennsylvania. So we used to go over there all the time to see our family. And so I have this sort of like transatlantic mix of a background and upbringing of right. being in London okay. and, uh, all everywhere in the UK and in Virginia. Um, and then about four and a half years ago, I moved up to New York city.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, I guess I was corrected. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did. I, sh- I shot black mirror in London okay. in May of okay. last year. So that can also be sort of a point of confusion and i'm a dual citizen so nice it's kind of good that you didn't know where i was from because i, I want that i want to be a little <laughs> elusive like yeah. you know like no one really knows where i'm from if i'm english or american or what so
0: that's good <laughs> <laughs> no that's definitely like as credit to you so did you think i would
2: have a british accent
0: Actually, I did. Yeah, I kind of did.
2: Yeah. Really? I mean, oh not, gosh,
0: I'm sorry. not, like, disappointed or anything uh, if you don't, but I just kind of, yeah. Because you really you, you do really good accents on your uh, demo reel that I heard, so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe she's British. But.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm so glad you guys were so confused. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I love it. Because I keep, I keep posting on my socials, everything, like, NYC LA London yeah. actor, yeah, you know, yeah, trying yeah. to,
0: like... Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, maybe she has an accent.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, I can definitely pull one out when needed. Oh, that's for I roles love and it. Things, but yeah, I but, but get... I but I have more of a a standard American and transatlantic accent. Yeah, you have a good accent, like definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Were was you pretty, say, Chris? I was just
3: gonna say it was pretty cool that you know you get British actors who have American accents, and now we have an American actor who has a British accent and confuses us all. Yeah, I know. I uh, know. <laughs> but the the actor from End of the Fucking World uh, is Alex Lawther, mm-hmm. and he played Kenny in the season three episode uh, uh, of Black Mirror called Shut Up and Dance. And I think that's the one where like he gets the he gets blackmailed into doing all these things. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, a good one. I love that. really
2: messed up. It was so. <laughs>
3: The entire series,
0: yeah, because like <laughs> you think he's like innocent until the end, you're like, oh, that's and, what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> it's like he didn't it. Yeah, so <laughs> he's a <good>. creeper. <laughs> so, like, what, when did you realize you wanted to get into acting?
2: Well, I I was always involved in the performing arts ever since I was little. So nice. my uh, right near where I grew up, there's this beautiful dance studio. Um, that I used to go to. And so I started dancing when I was three. Okay, Um, And then, you know, I guess like through, I was homeschooled. So through the homeschool community, Mum found out about Barbersville Vineyards and the Shakespeare at the Ruins, which was this beautiful annual summer performance at this old burned down building. That's kind of cool. Yeah, on on Barbersville Vineyard property, which is this gorgeous vineyard in the middle of, uh, Virginia. And, um, and we did Midsummer Night Dream and I was a fairy. And so that was like my my first entree into acting and theater. Um, and then from there on, I just was acting, dancing, singing, playing piano, doing all of the uh, performing arts. Um, and so I didn't actually, like, I didn't actually, like, know, like, ah, I want to be an actor. Okay. Um, until, <laughs> until I was a senior in high school and I was looking to go to colleges and I was, you know, I was looking at liberal arts colleges because that's what everybody else was doing. And I right. was like, I don't know what I want to major in. Like, yeah. I've been doing performing arts all my life. I want to have a school that does that, but I don't know if that's what I want to study and major in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was also a big, huge fan of Spanish. Okay, cool. Um, and I thought maybe I would want to do Spanish language and study abroad and, like, all of that whole track. Right. So, yeah. so I ended up applying and getting into and going to Goucher College in Maryland. Um, and that summer, as a graduation gift, my grandmother and her husband gifted me a two week intensive at, um, uh, what is it called? Stratford Shakespeare festivals, two week summer program for, yeah, for high schoolers. And I went there and I was, it was basically like a stay away camp, you know, doing acting and doing workshops and seeing plays from like 9 to 6 and then every day you would see a different show at the festival. Well, that's
0: awesome.
2: And when I did that, I was like, "Oh my god. What <laughs> am I doing? Why am I not going to be an actor like <laughs> what?" What was I thinking? And I had that realization at this training and I thought, "Okay, well, I'm going to the completely wrong school." that doesn't have a strong theater program or acting program. So I thought, okay, well, I mean, it's the middle of the summer, like I'm already attached. So I'm going to go there and just have the best time. So I went to Goucher and I had an amazing time. I studied abroad. I went to Mexico for three weeks I was. I danced. I took English classes. I took a couple theater credits that I knew would transfer to my new school, and then um, I joined a dance company and I toured a little bit. (laughs) It was really fun. Oh wow! Yeah, and I had a great time. And then I transferred to Towson University, which is like five minutes down the road, which has a very solid theater acting program. And I remember when my my mom and I went to tour, we walked into the building. And I walked into the big, massive, like, entryway. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is where I should be studying. Because I was just so in awe of the building, you know, like, which totally does not indicate whether or not it's a great program. But but everything after that was just, like, solidifying the fact that, like, the teachers, the classes, and everything about the school was where I wanted to be and and focus on what I'm doing. So um, I went to Towson and then, and then trained there. Okay. And was very obsessive and serious about my training. Was basically just like a workaholic and took way too many classes, and <laughs> no way or really. too many credits. Oh
0: gosh, okay. Do you remember what it was like? Um, I, I guess thank your grandparents for opening that door. I guess right, pushing you a little oh, bit to go to that. Oh, hugely.
2: Camp. I mean, they they were always supportive of all of my performing art. At, you know, art experiences. Like yeah. they were always at the plays. They always came to my musicals. They always came to my dancing performances. Everything and um. I think it was, it was Poppy Bill, my uh, grandmother's husband, who saw the intensive program in, um, in one of the programs they saw during a show. And they were like, Oh, Emily should go to this. And um, so they gifted that to me because they were like, you need to, you need to, you need to experience this and you love acting so much. And you know, they really believed in me and they pushed me towards that. And that's kind of where I had the epiphany. <laughs> that's,
0: that's great. I mean, it's always nice when you have that solid support system that are not pushing to yeah. you. be like, you should be an accountant. You're like, I want to go act. You know.
2: Yeah, no, I've always had like 150% support from my family, which is unbelievable. And I realized that that's like finding a unicorn. <laughs> so yeah, I'm so, so <laughs> grateful of that because um, that's always been the case, which is special. Right. Yeah. Really Yeah.
0: Do you remember what it was like the first time you were on stage? I know you said you like started three, but maybe you can remember something after that, possibly.
2: Um, I remember. I mean, I remember being a fairy in Midsummer Night's Dream, and of course, I named her. I named her Violet. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and and I remember. I mean, like the fairies are very small parts, right? And like we're all like seven, six, five-year-old children oh. running around in the boxwoods around this ruin right. and yeah. laughing and giggling and like chasing each other and singing. Um, and then just like being on stage and I just remember, I don't know, I guess I just remember like loving people watching me play oh, <laughs> like right. and have yeah. fun. Yeah. Right. Course. And I was like, I'm having so much fun. and like, you guys get to enjoy <laughs> me having fun. I guess like, <laughs> I was like, I'm into that. Right. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember.
0: Do you like feel that way now? Like you gotta get to watch me have fun. Like when you're on
2: front of camera. I (laughs) mean, let's talk about the big elephant in the room about actors in general. Yes. that we enjoy having like telling stories Mm -hmm. and playing and having fun and having human experiences while being watched. Right. Yeah. That's just like the big (laughs) elephant in the room for every actor, (laughs) every performer, anything like musician, like Mm -hmm. forget about it. Like, there's an element of, like, we love to be enjoyed and watched and entertain people. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah. Um, but no um, one ever wants to admit that. No one ever wants to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> At
1: least you're honest. Yes.
2: Seriously, I yeah. mean, yes, honesty is the policy for me, always. I'm
0: keeping it all the way real today.
2: You know, that's right. That's right. Saturday morning, no excuses. <laughs>
0: um, do you have any, like, direct influences that um, – help you craft your style of acting that you have?
2: Well, I, I have like a massive toolbox and I just pull from anything, um, that I've learned. I've, I've trained all over the place. I mean, I've, I've trained, um, at Orange School of Performing Arts in, uh, Virginia, Stratford Shakespeare Festival, Towson University. Um, I've done some of, a Meisner based, program in New York City here. I studied with Larry Moss, who's an amazing master teacher in L.A. I've studied with Jean-Louis Rodrigue and Christophe Conrad, who work mostly with animal studies and Alexander technique, which is basically just sort of like a body alignment okay. and basically tuning your instrument, which is the body for an actor, um, to best express um, what you need to be expressing for okay. whatever piece you're doing. Um, I've done voice work in Banff, Canada with Richard Armstrong, um, who comes from the Roy Hart technique in vocal, uh, vocal singing and expression. So I kind of pull from many different places. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I also study with Robert Colt, who's like my, my most recent teacher who I just have loved. And I feel like when I, when I found Robert and I found his technique, I really, felt like that totally was a game changer in booking work and and for me as an actor it really opened up um how to work um so I I really attribute a lot of my work my most recent work to him and his techniques in his class
0: so like you've done all this training uh I guess you started like you say you start super early but out of high school I'm guessing. You just yeah, it, like... it was
2: really more out of high school okay. that I really started chasing teachers okay. and being totally obsessed and addicted to techniques and finding out new um, ways of doing things. <laughs> and like, do you, as far as like time management, is
0: that like? Was that, like, hard for you to manage all those things? Like, or do you just, like, take it, like, a few things a year? You know what I mean? Like, I want to get all like, these three things done in a year. Or how do you do that exactly? I
2: mean, I'm pretty, yeah. like, like full steam ahead. Like, bye. Okay. I... That's cool. If yeah. I want something, I am laser beam focused on right. it, and yeah. I'm going after it, and nothing's getting in my way. Awesome. So I'm like, great! I'm taking all these classes. Oh yeah, like I've also taken clown class,
1: clown <laughs> classes.
2: Really? Whoa, yeah, cool. I love. Oh my god, clowning classes are amazing, and I take them with Michael Toomey here in the city, and he's oh, phenomenal. Awesome. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Shakespeare Forum. I do I do, I just like all sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah, really cool. yeah. And I just I just sort of like anything I can, I, I pick it up. If I if I find a teacher that I'm like, ooh, I really wanna work with that teacher, yeah, I will find the right workshop for me and find the time to do it and just make it happen. That's because awesome. I don't think there should be anything stopping us from where we wanna go and where we wanna where we wanna to get to. Yeah. And the quick you know, if I if I can find a quick way to get there, great, let's do it.
0: That's like super inspirational because like so many things I want to do where you're like, I don't have the time, but you know, you just have kind of have to make it happen. Like you said, so. oh, yeah.
2: the fallacy of not having time. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, huge resistance. Yeah, you're um, so right. uh, mantra that comes up sometimes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that comes up sometimes is, Oh, I don't have the time or, Oh, I don't have the money right. or you, you know, money, things definitely. like that. And, and I think I really, I really challenge myself to never take delivery of that so that thought comes up in my mind and i go ha, that's funny i see you trying to sabotage me and i'm gonna push you out of the way and i'm gonna keep going for what i need because there's always a way to find the time that's true if it's what you love you will always find the time right like we all like we don't say oh i don't have time to eat do we no,
0: definitely not. No. We're all like,
2: I love eating. Let yeah. me get some food. Like, I always right. have time to eat. I yeah. always have time to have an ice cream. Like, oh, oh you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's like.
0: No, you're right. That's true.
2: Great. Like, I definitely have the time. Same thing with like, oh, I don't have the money. Like, it's like there's always a way. Like, like even if they're not offering a scholarship, even if they're not offering like a work study or whatever, ask right? There's no harm in asking. So, you know, a teacher's teaching a class and you're like, oh, that's really expensive for me right now that I don't know if I have that in my budget. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Like I'll email and be like, Hey, like, I really love your methodology. And I really want to want to take a class from you. Can I come audit for half price? Can I um, offer to do some of the like, emailing for you right. and get a percentage off of the workshop or what, right. you know, what can I provide right, that right. would give them a little bit of a a break yeah. and, and then me a break as well. So I think, I think, um, there's always a way. Yeah, and and like usually too, there's always a way that people will work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you say, Oh, I just, I really don't have it right now. They'll like, okay, like let's come up with a payment plan. Right. Which right. is genius and wonderful. And as long as you're honest and as long as you're on time and you're honest, you're honestly, you know, willing to do what you agreed to do, then then you can all you you, you build that trust. Right. And you know course. that going forward. And then when someone else asks, you can say, well, here's a reference of what we did last time. And, you know, maybe we could work out something similar. Yeah, so, of
0: course. That's like a great like a great approach i'll definitely yeah. keep that locked away in my head now it's awesome
2: absolutely absolutely yeah um what is it that what is it that you want to do
0: oh um i've always been obsessed with like uh some kind of martial art <laughs> and i'm always martial wanted art. and i was mm-hmm. wanting to learn something because i was a kid like i took karate for like a few a few months but like I just didn't cool. continue, but I was—I was really young, like maybe like uh, six or seven. So you don't really know what you want to do at six or seven. But, but now it's just well, little... I was just—I mean, I did. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, <laughs> of course, come on, you're yeah.
0: talking to the person who played Violet. Yeah. Well, no, I guess I'm not on your level, Emily.
2: Obviously. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> you totally are, because I believe I believe that when you're a kid, like you're just so. Like intuitive, the way you play is what you should be doing. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, so if you loved martial arts and like that's what you did in your spare time to entertain yourself, like that's what you should do. Like, you should totally take a class, that would be amazing. Like, connect with that spirit. I should be making up like
0: Batman stories and making like
2: pow pow noises and stuff
0: because that's what I did too.
2: I mean, <laughs> with the my world toys. of animation, <laughs> hello. Yeah, that's so
0: true.
2: <laughs> the world of voiceover animation, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Like, you can just create all these characters, yeah. and it's like you're playing with little action figures, or you're, you know, dressing up as princess, <laughs> no. whatever, yeah, and you're, so like, true. you know, fighting the dragon.
0: So Yeah, so true, yeah. That makes sense. Seriously, I, I, I mm-hmm. like her. Yeah, she has like a really <laughs> ins- inspirational attitude. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're right. You're t- I totally agree with you. Seriously, it's really a great mindset to have. I need to like uh, adopt that. <laughs> yeah. <really>. Um, <laughs> do you have a process that you go that you use to prepare for an audition?
2: Um, well, it depends on it. Kind of depends on the material mm-hmm. um, and what I. You know, in my initial read, I'll do either two things. I'll either read the sides and sort of get a feel for what the arc is and what is happening, right. and what the story is from like an observer and perspective, um, or an audience perspective rather. Or I will, or I will take a script and literally look at the look at the lines, memorize a portion, look up at a spot on the wall and deliver that line for how I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I'll do that very, very methodically, very, very slowly. Um, And doing that, there's a lot that can be discovered naturally, innately, without going too much into crafting and and character work and all of that that I think really gives me um, something raw to work with, mm-hmm. which I really love doing. Yeah, so I'll either do one of those two things. Sometimes I'll do both. Um, and then I, I, you know, I just, depending on the role, I'll pick something out of my toolbox that I want to use. Sometimes I'll, I'll work with the Alexander technique and the animal studies work that I've done. And, or I'll do sort of laban on, lob on movement qualities. And I'll think about the physical action of, what physical quality I feel like would be um, how I want to pair with the line. And then okay. I'll do that big physically and then I'll pair it down for uh stage and film. Oh, wow! Um, okay. So, yeah. That's huge. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that. And then, and then, you know, there's all the sort of jargon, the actor jargon, like what's your objective and what's your right. action and what do you want from the other person? And like, yeah. what's your paraphrase? And, there's all of that, and I find that those things are helpful occasionally,, mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes they are so unhelpful. <laughs> so <laughs> so my main thing is trying to get it into my body and into my heart and my lungs um, rather than go intellectual. Right. Um, okay. well, and sense. sometimes I think that di- you know different approaches, I think, can have more of an intellectual approach versus a physical body approach, and I think it's more important for me personally to have that physical body approach yeah, to course. my work. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you have like a best and worst part of acting? Do you, is that a thing for you or you just kind of just enjoy it all?
2: Mm. Best and worst part of acting. No, I don't think there's anything like, I don't think there's any best part or worst part. I mean, I think if I go, if I think back to my theater days, I think the worst part is tech. Uh-huh. Tech is always super tedious, okay. All right. But it's always worth it if you really go slowly during tech and get it all right, because then that first performance is so solid, right? Um, yeah. And that's a huge joy. And I think that, I, you know, I could say uh, rehearsals are a little bit boring or dull, but I don't. I don't believe that because you're always discovering something new and you're playing with. An amazing director and hopefully amazing actors as well, and you're just like uncovering all of these things, and so it's it's really a, a beautiful creative process, the whole thing from start to finish. Um, and with any creative process, there's an up and there's a down, but but the downs are there because that's how you know there's an up. You know, mm, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's all yin and yang, right? Like it, ha- yeah. there has to be that curve that goes up and down and up and down. No, of course, yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's similar to breathing. Like you breathe in and you breathe out. Right. And that's like, that's how the creative process is. I think Chris only
0: breathes out though. So that's the problem here. Yeah. yeah. I never breathe in. Just... Yeah. Chris never <laughs> So, yeah. Take it away, sir.
3: <laughs> I'm going to beat you off to the podcast. So, you have many acquired skills such as hand to hand combat, dagger training, uh, horseback riding, and uh, finger mm-hmm. symbol playing. Uh, have any of these uh, skills helped you with landing roles or in roles that you've performed?
2: Well, um,. Finger symbols not yet. Um, <laughs> I am a belly dancer, and I used I used to belly dance um, quite a bit, actually, with uh, Suhaila Salimpour and her company out in San Francisco. Um, but so I haven't had any opportunity to utilize those skills um, for a role yet. Um, but with writing. Um, I was in a short film a couple of years ago called CIT, which is about young girls stay away riding horseback riding camp. Um, and it was a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little story about uh, two young women who are best friends. Um, and the one, uh, my character, Sarah, finds out that her best friend's father has passed away and she's not allowed to. Like she's, she knows this information and her best friend, Lizzie doesn't know this information and she can't tell her. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just that tension and that experience of knowing something and not being able to tell somebody that you love and care about that a huge wave is about to hit them. Um, and you can't be there for them, even though you know, everything. So, um, that short film, there was a bunch of writing and, uh, working with horses that I was involved with that um, I think my riding experience helped me land that role. Cause she asked me what my riding experience was. And I was very honest. Um, you know, I said, look, I haven't been on a horse for a long time, but like I definitely have worked with horses and I feel comfortable with horses and I love, I love riding. So I um, was able to, yeah, that's how I, how I guess that helped me get the role. Nice. Um, and then as far as like hand hand and rapier combat work I you know I don't think I don't think I've ever gotten a role with any of that um, although I've done sort of classical theatrical work so like Shakespeare I mean I think that that's helpful to have as far as um, awareness uh, for physical combat in anything so that would be something that I helped me with
3: nice so you need to be on the lookout for like a Arabian like sword belly dancer kind of role, so you can combine I mean, both those. that would those be amazing. Would just, just go <laughs> Let's forward.
2: be honest, that would be amazing. <laughs> I have danced with a pot on my head. Um, that we did the pot dance at the at uh, in, in the company Balanat, which is out in San Francisco, and that's the company that I danced with a couple times um, through Suhaila International, and uh, and we created these like paper mache pots. And we had to dance with them on our head um, and balance them. So that was really challenging, but really fun. Um, Making the pot was not fun. My first (laughs) pot was an epic (laughs) fail. It was (laughs) so bad. It was so ugly. It was so ugly. Uh,
3: We need to see how ugly this thing was.
2: Uh, Do you have pictures? I don't think I have pictures of my first pot. (sighs) No. My second pot, I still have. Nice. And, yeah, I don't know why I haven't gotten rid of it. I don't, like, I don't need it. Like, I, just, like, I don't need to have this one because it's so ugly. It's a memory, um, though. What?
3: It's a memory, though.
2: It is a memory. I know. It is a memory. But I have pictures and I have, you know, all of that. So I still have, yeah, I still have all my, my gear. So, nice. yeah. mm-hmm.
3: I think you should write a short film about a belly dancer sword fighter. That way you can get that actor out there. That's a good it, idea.
2: That's a good idea. And, I'll and have I have to think about
3: that. I have to ask this because we were looking at your website the other day. Um, yeah. What exactly are the levels that you have list? You have like SSSBD level one and all this. What yeah. exactly does that mean? So
2: the levels are basically um, there. Is, so the program out in San Francisco uh, has five levels, and I made it to the first level of Jamila. Uh, belly dance style training, and then I made it to the second level of Suheila style belly dance training. Um, and basically, Suheila um, created a technique for belly dancers. You know, there's a technique involved with ballet, right? Or um, foundation in jazz and modern, but there wasn't really anything for belly dance, and so Suhela created that because she was she was trained in in all forms of dance and she noticed that there was this foundational training for ballerinas and tap dancers and like all of these other styles and formats and she was like oh yeah like belly dance doesn't have that so she was really the first person to really create a solid training technique program and the and it's like basically like creating bar work for belly dancers Mm -hmm. oh nice yeah um and then names associated with certain moves um and then, um just like breaking it all down musically and dance wise so because with belly dancers you're basically if you're playing cymbals, you're playing along with the band who is live mm-hmm. and improvising while you're dancing oh, cool. so it's it's very it's you know it's kind of mathematical <laughs> in a way because <laughs> <laughs> music is music is so mathematical and you're yeah. you're you know but it's improvisational because you're working with the band or you're working with the music, um, and you're creating all of this at the same time. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it took a long time to get through those techniques. It was a lot. Um, and I haven't, you know, I haven't um, continued my training quite as avidly as I was before, um, because it became, uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit obsessive. So like I became obsessed with <laughs> belly dance and I was doing it all the time. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to slow down because this is taking away from my acting, which is really what I want to do with my life and my career. And this is my artistic expression of how I want to um, be. And, and so I had to take a step back from the belly dance world and the dance world. Um, And I even, Oh, this breaks my heart, but I even turned down the opportunity to be a a dance, like a ballroom dance partner um, with a, a beautiful dancer uh, wow. uh, who's mostly salsa-based. And I was like, oh, I would love to do that, <laughs> but I'm moving to New York and I have to go be an actor because
1: that's what I have to
2: do with my life. Oh. So, um, yeah, so I had, to, I had to have the enlightened no moment being like, oh. okay, these are amazing opportunities and these are amazing things that I could be doing and I'm going to say no to them and really focus my energies on my acting.
3: All right. So let's talk a little bit about your TV experiences. We know that you're going to be on an episode of Chicago med in a couple of weeks, which will be after this episode or before this episode airs. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience?
2: On Chicago med? Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. That was amazing. I, I, you know, I got the audition for that and I thought, this is so not me. I was like, this is so not like my role, but okay. I love this casting director. I love my agents, I'm just gonna trust them, and I'm gonna go for it and the way it was written, I was like, oh, this, this is just like I'm no, this is not how I want to play it. So I went in there and played it super uh strong, independent, protective, sort of like a lioness of a mother um, and because I play a mom <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I did that for the audition and I I was, um, listen, I was a mess in that audition. I had to pretend I had a baby and it's always weird doing like, a. it's always weird doing an audition where there's like a camera and there's your reader and you're trying to do all these physical things, but you don't want to do too much because the camera's like close up. It's a, you know, close up on you. Hmm. So you can't really do a lot of the physical action. So I like took my scarf, it's winter. And I like wrapped my scarf up like it was a swaddled child and like pretended like that was my child (laughs) Um, and I messed up a couple times during the lines and the casting director was like, okay, wait, 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 we, we got to, I get these lines. So I'm like, let's do this again. I'm like, and I'm like the more we're stopping and going again, I'm like getting more and more nervous and I'm like, oh, okay, well, oh. I'm just like really <laughs> fucking up this audition. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's just a laugh. Oh, so, so finally, like we've moved to like we've done like four to five scenes and like my purse is ended up on the floor and like, there's a chair like I moved a chair and all this stuff and I'm like thanks so much like and they're like thank you so much for coming in I'm like great have a great day and I pick up my purse and I head on out the door and all of a sudden I realized that my purse strap has gotten caught on the chair and I'm taking the chair with (laughs) me. and I was like oh god this is the worst I'm failing so hard and and I was like well I'll be here all week folks and I'm (laughs) strapped to my chair and like walked out and they were just kind of like
1: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> and I left and I immediately, like, I could have chosen to, like, major, like, go into, like, a major spiral of, like, anxiousing and, like, being, like, oh my gosh, like, that was so awful. I made such a bad impression. But I knew this casting director. Like, I loved working with them. And I was like, well, I was just myself. So, like, that's fine. That's good. Like, and it's always about the next role, it's not about that role that you're going in for. So I went to have lunch with my cousin who was in town and we had, you know, we had a lovely lunch and I just like laughed and talked about the experience with everybody. And I just laughed it off and promptly forgot about it. And, (laughs) and like a week later, um, my agent calls and he was like, Hey, so I think you got this role. Do you remember this role? And I was like, yeah, what? (laughs) And he was like, uh because like you might have to fly out tomorrow and I was like what (laughs) he was like yeah I'm just double checking dates and everything but like you might have to be leaving tomorrow at nine and I was like oh okay okay it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I have an audition I'm heading to that day so I'm literally I'm like okay I guess I'm on hold for this project so I go to this other audition and then my agent calls and says, "Yep, you got it. You're leaving. You've got a car picking you up at nine a.m. tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh my god, okay." <laughs> so I immediately had to like, can- I cancel. I had to cancel all these plans. I did have a date that night, which I didn't cancel. <laughs> um, I know, bad. I should have been packing, but I did have a date, which was not. It was it was fine, but it was. It was not great. Um, I was about
3: to say it all depends on how good like, the date was. I like had
2: dinner, we yeah. had wine, and I was like, okay, and I'm gonna go home now. Thanks so much. Bye. Um, I know, I know. But you know, such is life when you're like you know focused on something completely different, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I was just so excited that, like, I had no focus and time for this at all. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm going to go. Bye. <laughs> so, so I went home and I packed and I got picked up at 9 o'clock in the morning the next day. And I had to cancel this amazing reading that I was in. I was in this this uh, developmental reading that I was in for um, my friend who's developing a play based on a real murder story that happened in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was so cool, but I had to cancel on her because I was like, "Look, I got this big, big role on TV, so like, I am so sorry, I have to do this." And she was super understanding, which was good, and everything worked out. And I went to Chicago, and I was there for ten days. Okay, Um, and it was an amazing experience. It was the biggest. It was the biggest set I've ever been on. Um, It was the first network show I'd ever been on um the director dave rodriguez was incredible like i immediately when i met him i was like wow you and i are going to be working together in the future not just this project because he's just so wonderful and amazing as a director and i just like clicked with him um and it was fun it was really fun um i don't i don't know if i'm allowed to tell you what happens in the episode i guess Probably can't do that. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna tell you what happens. I was but you'll to say have it. to watch it March sixth.
0: Like Back, backtracking really quickly. Is it bad that I'm picturing that person you went on a date with is like still sitting at like a window with raindrops waiting for you to call them?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm 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 sure he is.
0: They're like haven't changed the clothes that they wore for the date still. See
2: Aww. <laughs>
3: He's probably like, was it me or was it just the audition?
0: He's like pawing at the window (laughs) longingly. Yeah.
3: If he listens to this, we're going to be in so much trouble.
2: Probably a little bit of both. As as Emily's like, I'm going to Philly, son. Yeah. Peace.
0: Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Yeah. All
3: right. So you talked about this being your first network television show. Is there a big significant difference between being on a network television show versus being on a show like like Black Mirror. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Black Mirror, you know, because of the nature of Black Mirror and the fact that every episode is a standalone um, and every for every episode, there's a different director, there's a different um, crew, different cast, everything. It feels a little bit like shooting a feature. So it feels a little bit um, more like indie small scale, but not because it's clearly it's Netflix and it's it's a bigger production. Um. And there are two cameras, which is very rare for small indies. Um, so so it was kind of it, it was kind of like a, a it was definitely a step up from doing a uh, feature film. Um, but then going to an NBC network for Chicago Med, there were so many more people involved. And there was such a consistent, uh, crew and cast that, you know, it's definitely a different nature going in and everyone's used to working with each other, everybody knows each other. And I come in and I have to sort of meet everybody, learn everybody's names, you know, be really intense and, and playful out, um, for the role while, three cameras are all over the place and you have no time to be like, I don't know what, like, where am I looking? Like, you just got to go. You just got to go for it. Oh, um, and kind of ignore, like I sort of, I have to tune out everyone who's around cause mm-hmm. there's so many more people.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just cool. such a bigger production and they're shooting so fast. I mean, right. sometimes we got like two, three takes of something and whoa. that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, so fewer takes, More cameras, they're capturing more um all at once. And then, you know, the editing process is so fast because I shot that in November Hmm. and they're coming out with it in March. Whereas for Black Mirror I shot it in May and they came out with it in December. Oh wow.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh how aware of you or how aware were you of Black Mirror before you auditioned for the uh, role of Madge?
2: Not at all. Nice. Literally (laughs) had no idea. My agent, it was Easter weekend, and I was heading up to Vermont, and I I was in the airport about to board my plane, and my agent was like, hey, I have a really amazing audition for you for Monday at 10 o'clock. It's for Black Mirror. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And he was like, wait a minute. (laughs) do you not know what do you not do you not know what Black Mirror is and I was like no no I haven't seen it he's like oh my god go binge that this entire weekend you need to know that show you need to binge it it's it's big it's awesome you need to do it (laughs) and I was not planning on returning from Vermont until Tuesday so I had to like rebook my flight so that I was coming back on Sunday so that I could like be ready and like in the room at 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday. Um, And for that audition, all I knew was that it was for Black Mirror and I didn't know anything else. They didn't give me a script. They didn't give me any other details. The sides that I had were, you know, just like, just like so typical nurse that I was like, Oh, this is like a tiny, this is a tiny little, like, five-liner role. Right, right? yeah. Um, and then I auditioned for it. And that audition, too, I was like, oh, my God, I totally fucked that up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, that was the worst audition ever. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop, and I called my mom, and I was like, I'm the worst actor. I don't know what I'm doing.
3: Like, why am Aww. I an
2: actor? What am I doing? here in this city like i'm having like a complete existential crisis right after the audition (laughs) and like two like two days later my agent's like so you're up for the role you're one of the topics and i was like what (laughs) and uh and he had a couple questions for me and we talked that out and and then uh and then like two days after that I got the call and he said, you've been approved by Netflix. And I literally screamed. (laughs) I literally screamed. And I danced around my sister's living room and I was just like, totally shocked and elated and my my agent was so funny because i like when he told me i completely screamed and he was like he like held the phone away from his ear he was like she's screaming to everybody in the office so everyone knew that i was, like totally blew my cool like i'm so not cool anywhere like totally like geeking out over the fact that this is like my first big um guest star role uh for
3: for uh netflix so basically, moral of the story is when you mess up your audition, you're making a great impression and you're going to get the role.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's like my typical pattern. I don't know. Um, generally, generally, um, I, think, I think when you feel that way or when I feel that way after an audition, it just means that I just made really bold choices. I brought my, my whole self to the role and I didn't think too much. And if you think too much during an audition, you're controlling it rather than letting it just play you. And I so know. so I find that, yeah, when I think I've messed up royally, um, <laughs> yeah, then that's actually some of my best work.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, like, I mean, yeah. you
2: do such a great job.
0: In that episode, like after I watched the episode, is when I messaged you saying, "Like you did such a great job." <laughs> like you <Aww>. do.
2: <laughs> so, That's yeah. so kind of you. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. honestly, the the feedback has been overwhelming and incredible. I, I mean, it's been so positive, and I, I've just been really grateful for all of all of that that's been coming in. So.
0: Thank you for reaching out to me. (laughs) No, thank you for responding. Those huge. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Of course, of course.
1: So that episode in particular is a pretty intense episode. Um, What was the most challenging scene for you to film?
2: Ooh, well, I would probably say my first sex scene was the most challenging (laughs) um, because that was my first time ever having to do quite such an intimate, uh, intense scene with another actor on film. Um, and, and it was actually, funnily enough, my first day. Oh, wow. Like, they just threw me into the deep end. Like, I'm like, okay, um, great. That's my first day. Cool. And so, you know, at first I was like, way to go, guys. Like, thanks so much to the first day D for planning that one. (laughs) Um, but in a way, it just kind of, like, threw me in the deep end in a way that I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice to think about it or like, like, like play mind games with it. Um, and, and I just had to go for it. And and I'm, you know, I was actually surprised at how comfortable I was. And, and, uh, Daniel Lapine was so amazing and he's such a lovely guy to work with. And we just were very honest about how we wanted to work and what was comfortable, what was not comfortable. And, And we just kind of went right into it. And it was a closed set. And um, Colin McCarthy, our director, was really professional and wonderful as well. Um, And there was a lot of technicality that was involved in the whole day because of the the contraption I had on my head, the little Uh, (laughs) (laughs) light-up contraption. Yeah, that was like there was a lot of technicality because of that. Um, but it was, uh, that was, I think the most challenging scene to do, um, for Black Nair.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. It's probably like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I would think it would probably be better to get that out of the way than to like get to know everyone and then have to do it. You know?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that there's like, I don't
1: know. I think it would
2: have been fine either way. I'm, I'm, I was very (laughs) comfortable going in with it. Um, I think a lot of it because I was a dancer and so I'm very comfortable in my body and my skin. And so, you know, and, and honestly it, uh, you know, it can be like, Oh my gosh, this is so scary. But it's also like, this is work. This is what I do for work. And this is just part of the job (laughs) description. So it's like you go in, you punch in and you, you're like, Hey, hey! How are you doing today? Great. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> robe off. Awesome. This is the position we're in. Great. Let's shoot. Like <laughs> reactions. Great. Go. Yeah. Great. End of the day. Punch out. Get changed. Ready. Go back home. Like, yes. like you know, it's just very. Um, it's there's nothing that's like weird, sticky about it. Especially in the way that this film set and this crew and like my my, uh, my fellow actors were. That's just awesome. Really, Totally, yeah. It was very comfortable, very comfortable experience, very safe space, and I felt very much that um, everyone was was making that possible.
1: That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we know you do a lot of uh, voiceover work. How did you get into that?
2: Oh, I. You know, I think I think my my best friend Montana's dad, who's a wonderful director Farhad Mann, um, always said to me, he was like, you have a really amazing voice, you should go into voiceover work. And I was like, huh, okay, okay, okay. And I really focused on acting for a while. And then I really took his advice and started looking into VO. And I found my teacher here in the city, Shelly Chinoy, and I started working with her and creating my demo and loving the way she works and the way she uh, trains and the way she develops demo reels. And so, um, I worked with her for about two years to create my demos and I, I still, um, I'll still take classes now and then. Um, but that's kind of how I got into voiceover work and I, and I love it. It's so fun because what's exciting about VO is that it's not about what you look like. So I can play a gremlin, you know, right. whereas like for, film and television and theater, I'm not going to play a gremlin. Like, no, like, people are probably not going to, like, call me in for the gremlin role, right? Right. Um, but, damn it, I want that role. Like, I want to play the gremlin. That's so fun <laughs> to me. So, it's exciting that with Leo it doesn't matter. So, I can walk in, do a great gremlin voice, and all you're hearing is the voice. And so, that's, you know, if that's the best voice for the project, then great. Yeah. You know? So, Kind of like that's pond- what I find really exciting about you. Kind of like
0: podcasting, because I look like a gremlin
2: and no one will know. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, I <I'm> was <just> kidding. I
2: was <laughs> um, like you telling me that I could show up in my pajamas today, and I was like, "Well, yes, but I'm gonna get dressed." <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I totally respect that. Definitely.
2: Yeah, because as you were say- as we were talking earlier this week, Claudius, I think. Um, You were saying like, oh, it's so nice to just go to work and not have to worry about what you look like. But when I do VO and I'm in the studio, you do have to worry about what you're looking like because you never know who's working on what. You never know like if you're in the foyer waiting to go into the booth and there's somebody working on a completely different project down the hallway who's also casting a feature film or knows somebody who was just complaining about needing an actor for this feature film. And he's like, oh, hey, like you look like the part for that like let me just you know no you're totally. it makes sense yeah so it's always really important um for me anyway to show up camera ready (laughs) or or at least decent
0: i'm (laughs) as lazy Emily, as you can see
1: (laughs) um so how do you come up with the different voices like the ones on your animation demo reel i know um claudius really likes the lady that does the esquire or (laughs) reason for the esquire magazine i love that voice it's like how do you come up with those different voices
2: (laughs) That is my attempt at Fran Drescher imitation. (laughs) I heard heard that actually. Oh yeah. I used to watch that show. My dad used to watch that show a lot (laughs) lot when I was little, and I loved that show. I just thought it was so good, you know. And I loved her voice in it. And um, basically, when I'm creating my demo with Shelley, she says just like, improvise, improvise lots of different voices. So I'll basically Mm -hmm. be in my room, like with the recorder on like going nuts right. <laughs> and all these different voices and accents and like pitches and ranges and I'm just playing around. And then if I hit something that I'm like, Ooh, that's fun. Like I want to play more with that one. Then yeah. I'll just riff nice. and I'll keep talking in that voice. And then I'll find a portion of what I recorded and go, Ooh, that sounds good. Or that feels good.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'll record that, send it to her and she'll be like, okay, great. Like add this, add that, subtract that. Um, and we'll really hone it and work on it and refine it, and before we go into the booth and record.
0: It's funny you say, Drescher, because uh, I think Jamie was saying that you remind her of Lois Griffin, and I think from Family Guy, and that's pretty much what they do—pander yeah. her, yeah. her voice yeah. off of. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: gosh! Oh my gosh! That's so funny. I um, I remember one time I was just like joking around with my sister, and I did Lois Griffin's voice. <laughs> Oh, and, and I could, never do, oh, I could no. never do it again. I could never do it again. I <laughs> nailed it this one time.
0: Could you like attempt then, it now for
2: Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> absolutely not. Man. I would butcher it. I would totally butcher it. I'm not even warmed up. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> Don't worry, I get that. They. I did a Linda from Bob's Burgers voice one time. They keep telling me to do it again. I'm like, I can't find that again. It's like unrepeatable. You find
2: those ones that are
1: just unrepeatable. It's that
3: perfect circumstance.
1: Yeah. Well, we were like cracking up listening to your uh, animation one. It was just so funny. Oh, thank (laughs) you. So what advice would you have for people wanting to work in the entertainment industry?
2: Oh, wanting to work in the (laughs) entertainment industry. Ah, if you don't, this is so oversaid. If you, if, you, if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, go do that. And if you can't, then you're on the right path. Oh, wow. Do it. Okay. Nice. Um, hmm. So if you can imagine yourself being a pilot, being a teacher, being a banker, being a real estate agent, running your own business, whatever, do that. Um, because this is a really really tricky industry to be in and you have to have a rock solid passion and drive and need to do it um, because you will get rejected and fall down more times than you will ever get lifted up Um, and so you just have to have that persistence and resilience to keep going.
0: That was real, son. <laughs> <laughs> sh- Hard nice there, drop. Man. That's the real shit right there. For yeah. yeah, seriously. Okay.
1: I well, like it. Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Um, okay, so we're kind of towards the end of it, which is uh, I think we're making good time. Um, this is our mm-hmm. lightning round with questions. We're going to ask you. We're going to do three each to save you some time. And okay. whatever comes to your mind first, just blurred it out, whatever it is. Okay. A- are you ready for it? Yeah. And, oh, and then in the end, we have like an ultimate question we ask every guest oh, that got we it. have. Whoa. The <laughs>
3: ultimate
0: question. But no pressure. Just, you know, just be your no awesome self and we'll be good to go. I guess I'll go first. What's your
2: favorite food? Chicken. Okay. Roast chicken.
3: Um, where would you like to retire?
2: Italy. What superpower would you choose to have? Um, chameleoning. Which I know that sounds like, what is that? But basically it means that I would be able to go into any situation anywhere and like completely transform like a chameleon. Like Mystique. She wants to be Mystique. Okay, cool. And what's cool about this one, about my chameleoning superpower, is that like anyone that I was like with and like was like physically touching would also be able to chameleon. Oh, nice. You can transfer yeah. your power, too. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like an invisibility cloak, but like a chameleon cloak. Oh, nice. So like, like whoever well, whoever's with me can also do the same thing. It's I
1: cool. love how much thought she's put into it. I know. That's so I, cool. have, <laughs> I, have, I put a lot of thought
2: yeah, into it. it.
0: She was prepared. I know. Um, favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> yes. All-time favorite. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Favorite time period to live in outside of current time? 40s.
1: Nice. Uh, dream vacation destination? Iceland. Currently. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: <laughs> Currently um, Iceland.
2: Okay. Yeah, Iceland looks like
0: it's really nice. Um,
2: yeah, I really want to go to Iceland. And I really want to get one of those uh, – I don't know if you know about these, but they're like these um, glass igloos. And yep. you can, like, watch the northern lights and the stars. Yeah, the
0: yep. oh, I've oh, seen those. So <laughs> in <amazing>. would <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, Favorite holiday?
2: Oh. Oh. Christmas?
0: Okay. Christmas?
2: okay. Christmas. 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 <laughs> Be a little I, bit more solid about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: Ultimate role that you would want to play?
2: I would love to play Lady Macbeth again.
0: I thought she was going to go for a belly dancer. Uh... <laughs> I know. She just. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, we'll, we'll copyright sword sword that. You can't
1: use that.
0: <laughs> yeah, search for belly dancer.
1: Uh, do you have a favorite Disney character? Oh no. Um She
3: wasn't prepared. No. So
1: I was not prepared for that question. Okay, well I I don't
2: have a favorite Disney character, but I have been likened to Belle. Okay. But that's what okay. someone someone told me that I am most like Belle awesome. out of all the Disney characters.
1: She's my favorite.
2: <laughs> Good. Good. I like Tinkerbell She's excellent. With
0: this. <laughs> all right. Jamie's gonna ask you a very last question.
1: Okay. All right, this is the big one. Can unicorns fly? Why or why not?
2: Absolutely, they can fly. And I think they can fly because they're all powerful. Right?
0: I totally agree with you, Emily. Thank you so Uh, much.
3: This interview is over.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs)
1: Listen, I believe we can fly. We just
2: we just doubt ourselves. She's right. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think
1: if if we can you'll be the first one to do it. Yeah, I think so
0: too. (laughs) And she can she can share her chameleoning Oh, yes, and then definitely... we can
1: fly, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yay!
2: <laughs> I'll hold hands and we'll fly. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: definitely. That was, that was a nice reference to Disney, right? Right? Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, isn't it, isn't it, what What movie is that where they laugh and they fly?
0: Peter
3: Pan. Tinkerbell.
2: Oh, With the
3: yeah. pixie dust. Yeah, right, right. It is <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I think
2: No, they... wait, Mary Poppins. Uh, I was going to say, I don't oh. think they laugh and fly. They have the happy right? thoughts, though. Isn't that? Isn't that in that
3: movie? I think it is. Mary yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mary
3: yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it's all Disney movies.
0: I'm not just I think you
3: can make. So it maybe
2: a that's the trick. Maybe we just all have to laugh more, and then we'll fly. Dude,
0: I love laughing. Like I'm like the loudest laugher of the three of us. Like it's Seriously.
2: the best oh, no. yeah, it's so I
1: good. get going oh uh, yeah
0: that's true well we know you have to go um, <laughs> so thank you so I much I have a for story about time. that but we'll save it for off the podcast <laughs> yeah thank you so much absolutely. for your time I really appreciate it um, if you want to mention anything like as far as like your website totally you can do that now if you want so people can catch up with you follow you on Instagram
2: absolutely if you want to uh, go to my website it's www.emilyveernickel.com my Instagram handle is at emilyveernickel And so is my YouTube and you can also find me on Facebook that way as well.
0: Sweet. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. This is a huge,
2: absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. I'm so excited to be part of your 101st episode. Right. This is huge.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, we appreciate it. Safe, safe journey to, um, we can fill So yeah, and we'll definitely be in touch. Feel free if you want to come back anytime. Totally come definitely. back and talk about stuff.
2: It doesn't really matter. Absolutely, I would love that. And you guys are based in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah, Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. So. Amazing. So if I if I come down at any point this year to Atlanta, I'll make sure I say hello to you guys. Yeah, it'd be cool. Definitely. Awesome. We can go like eat. We'd something. love to meet you. Like we know. <laughs> and a really we can good... go fly. Oh, we can, can go, go fly. Water. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we
0: can go laugh and fly. How about that? We yeah, maniacs in downtown Atlanta. Anyway, be safe and thank you so much again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank, thank you. you. All right.
2: Sounds good. Take care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.